Ahoy there, matey. Welcome aboard the world of boating. Please stand clear of the doors. Por favor, manténganse alejado de las puertas. The radio show devoted exclusively to the boating lifestyle. You're going to need a bigger boat. Brought to you by worldofboating.com, your internet portal for the boating enthusiast. I was just looking in to buy a boat of my own. Call World of Boating toll-free now at 1-888-28-BOAT. That's 1-888-828-BOAT. And welcome, this is the World of Boating, Greg, your first mate, Captain Patrick, Barry the Boater, Mike the Mariner, even Captain Rusty rounding out the crew today as we navigate the latest boating news and information, and bask in the glory of my Florida Spiny Lobster uh, adventure from last week. I got to tell you all about it. It was amazing. I brought in uh, Florida Spiny Lobster Tail fresh from the ocean for everybody on the crew, but since we are socially distanced... And they are connected via Zoom today. I can't uh, technically share that with them uh, in, in person. So I will have to eat the lobster tail and describe what it is like it. and share it virtually <laughs> with the World of Boating crew. You guys are welcome. There you go. Yeah, thank you. It's thank delicious, you so much. too, by the way. It's You're so awesome. giving. Yes. You're so giving. I try. I really try. <laughs> uh, you know, Mike, uh, Mike the Mariner, he participated in such uh, activities as well. So yes, sir. We will get a yeah, full. Yeah, how did you do? I, I did great. And we're going to talk Good. all about it here in just a bit. But before we get to Florida's cool. Spiny Lobster season and the boating extravaganza and spectacle that it was last week here in the Sunshine State, we got to check in with Captain Rusty because he's literally on the road. Tow, tow, towing his boat. Is that right, Rusty? What's going on? I am. I, I had to go pick up a boat at Daytona. Yeah. Uh, I sold it yesterday at uh, Chris Craft Catalina 27. Nice. And I just, yeah, it's, it's, it was kind of unexpected, but I'd always heard this theory, but I, I, wasn't, I didn't know it for sure. If somebody comes in to have their boat repaired and it costs over $3,000, they would prefer to trade their boat in and buy a new boat than have theirs fixed. Huh. Well, that that is good exactly for you. You're willing to yeah, accommodate them, I assume, right? Yeah, no, it, <laughs> it was great. So I went and picked up the boat today. It goes to its new home on Tuesday. And uh, our biggest thing, which I'm sure y'all talked about many times now, is just we don't have much inventory, so people are just buying what they can. Yeah, and we're trying to get as many boats as we can. So it's it hasn't slowed down really much. It's just been a crazy year. Okay, but uh, the fact that you are delivering the boat yourself from Jacksonville Marine, uh, don't you usually have a guy for that as opposed to you having to do that yourself? What's going on there exactly? Well, usually if it's a Chris Craft, if I I sell the Chris Craft to myself, then I usually will take care of all of them. I'll deliver it. I'll go get the boat. I'll stay with the customer. And anytime they have any problems over the next year, or longer, they'll text me, yeah. call me, and I just kind of handle everything on my own. Gotcha. You, they One want person. the big cheese. They want you to deliver them the boat because it's a uh, little uh, added value, a little special that they get it yeah, from. Yeah, uh, they deserve it. I mean, it's a nice boat. They right. pay a lot of money for it. Yeah, I want to see the big kahuna deliver this thing to my driveway. <laughs> I want to see him here. I want him here now. And... Uh, <laughs> You know, uh, Captain Rusty aims to please there at Jacksonville Marine. It's good stuff. Hey, yeah. I, I have a quick question. Go I have ahead. a quick question Mike. for us. So you say that if someone has a repair that costs more than $3,000, they're, they're more apt to trade their boat in than fix it? That's correct. 
Wow. wow I'd, I'd be trading my boat in about every three months then. <laughs> okay. So, uh, this particular boat that he brought in, he had a 29 Catalina. I'm not sure. We can't quite figure out what happened, but anyway, it got electrolysis very bad. Hmm. So his repair was a good bit over $3,000 for this boat. Yeah. Um, and not sure if it was something on the boat or it was something in the water at the marina. He keeps his boat in the water all the time. So we even offered, you know, to help out with repairs just because who knows what, what happened to it. But right. uh, he decided he'd rather trade the boat. And we will just take his boat now, fix it, and sell it. So nice. It, it was a good deal for both of us. So and, how long had um, he had uh, that 29-footer? How old was he? He had had it for three years. Okay. Well, hey, Ru- hey Rusty. right. Yeah. Go yes. ahead, Patrick. Uh, where, where was the electrolysis present? The back of the motors. It ate the lower units off, the, mm. the pumps. And so the, the lower unit casings have to be replaced. And the pumps okay. replaced and everything. Mm. Okay, this this was an outboard. It was two twin uh, Yamahas. Okay, but he had the ability to trim those engines up clear of the water, right? He did. Well, right to the very edge of the water. The boat's bottom painted, but um, he said they checked the marina with the voltage meter, and there wasn't anything there. We actually sent the boat to uh, Huck and Shots to have them check the boat. They couldn't really find anything. So, you know, it's one of those things he wants to manufacture and play for, but since it hadn't happened in three years, they're not going to pay for it. Mm. Well, so let me, let me have, ask you, let me, let me ask you this, where, where the boat was painted on the transom, so it was bottom painted, yeah. did they leave a, did they leave a barrier between the bottom paint and the engine mount brackets or was no, it painted right I, up to, or was it painted right up painted to it? Right, painted right, right up to it. Okay. There That's you go. The problem. That's yep. the problem. Yeah. So, so whoever bottom painted that boat, they didn't leave the one inch, uh, minimum one inch barrier um, around those uh, those engine brackets. So what happens is the metal that's prevalent in the bottom paint comes in contact with the metal of the uh, outboard engine. It creates a galvanic cell. So what you need to let your customer know is if he's going to do that again with this new boat, he needs to make sure that they put that barrier, and really what they should do is epoxy coat the bottom anyway, but um, leave that barrier around those engine mounts. Otherwise, he's going to have the same issue again. Mm. Okay. Yeah, you don't want that. And he, and he also always left the boat plugged in and the battery switches on, which I'm sure well, didn't help anything. Well, that, that, that doesn't matter. I mean, he should have... You, I don't know how uh, Chris Craft does that size boat, but certainly having a galvanic isolator on board helps. But even a galvanic isolator is not going to overcome bottom paint up against a dissimilar metal. Right. Yeah. And maybe you could call a, a bury the, or no, barrier the boater, and he would help uh, paint the bottom there uh, correctly. Barrier the boater? Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> no, but <laughs> it, it, barrier, it, right? it, 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 it highlights a, a, a real issue in the industry, which is you, you take it to a yard and they go ahead and they bottom paint it and they just got some kid that they're paying, you know, seven bucks an hour. He doesn't know anything. He just tape this off and, you know, uh, roll a couple. Yeah. How often does he have to do that? Uh, how often do you got to paint the bottom like that? They, they don't, they don't well, I mean, what do you think? How, how often do you got to paint that, uh, Rusty? 
Do you have any idea? Even if it's a new boat, when will he have to put a new fresh uh, bottom paint? Love. Uh, it's, uh, it depends on how much you choose, but you know, everybody for years. Okay, wait, wait. Rusty's turning into Max Headroom. <laughs> what the heck? I don't know what the what is going on there, but it's a flashback to the eighties. Let's try that again. He's on the road. He's tow tow towing his boat, so we got to give him a little, uh, you know, a little, uh, you know, wiggle room, I guess, for his uh, connection there. Now, Rusty, you with Once us? Talk year. to me. Talk to me, Rusty. I am. I'm okay. not sure if you can hear me. There's I got you now. We're, you're back. Okay. So, so the bottom paint. You get. Okay, do you? So it, being it's a new boat, he won't have to do that for like a year. But uh, how often do you got to uh, do that to make sure it's uh, set and make sure it's painted uh, properly? About, it depends on how much you use it, but probably about. Can you hear me? Okay. Yep. Yep. Got you. Can go you hear me? Yes. Okay. Go ahead. About, I would say about three, three to four years. About three to four years. Patrick would know better than I would. Mm. But also, once a year, once a year. That's what I would assume. Yeah. So, yeah. so once this one that you had the electrolysis uh, issue on, that he traded in. It obviously had been painted at least once, not necessarily by the original manufacturer, but somebody like, like you said, hired him. You think, or do you know? At this point, you don't really know. I do not know. Oh, Max Headroom is back. I, okay. Well, <laughs> he's going in and out of uh, zones. You know, you got to give Captain Rusty uh, a little break there, but but I think I got it right. Uh, is that true, uh, Patrick? I mean, it probably wasn't the original manufacturer who did that bottom paint issue. You think it's probably a third party that he had to do it, and maybe they didn't do it correctly. What do you think, Patrick? Some manufacturers offer bottom paint as an option. Yeah. Uh, most on a boat that size would probably prefer not to do it. Yeah. Um, some people even in a saltwater application won't do it because their boat is coming out on a lift, like my dad's house down in Marco Island. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's not staying in the water, but depending upon the body of water that you are boating in here in Florida, especially the further South you go, the warmer, the water, the less mm-hmm. water movement you may have, the higher the rate of growth and bottom paint will lose its effectiveness maybe before that one year you start to get into right. uh, ablative bottom paints and uh things like that so you really have to look at where you're at and what bottom paint is best for your condition but by and large boats that are bottom painted are usually getting hauled out once a year to have service work done drives pulled, right. things like that and that's when bottom paint gets done well there you go that makes sense and uh if you want a good deal on a used boat we can uh, connect you with captain rusty because he, he has a deal available now More coming up on the World of Boating. You're listening to the World of Boating Radio Network. Hosting a radio show about scuba diving and boating is one of the best gigs on the planet. It's actually part of my job to check out and report on cool new products I personally use to enhance my diving and boating adventures. However, I do believe in sharing the joy, and this is why we've added Nanook protective hard cases to our list of products you can now purchase on the merchandise page at scubaradio.com. Nanook cases are designed to protect the most sensitive equipment in the harshest environments. Underwater photographers, listen up. From their high-impact NK seven resin to their exclusive power claw latches nanook has raised the bar for those of you that demand the best protection for your gear plus nanook protective cases cost less than similar products currently on the market the company has been around for over 15 years but it's new to the u.s so we've made a small number of nano cases available exclusively for you at a special introductory price on the merchandise page at scuba radio.com go there now and check out nanook 
the evolution of protection. Be an explorer in the other two-thirds of your world. Be the buddy who takes the kids in the aquarium instead of just to it. Be adventurous. Be amazed. Be a diver. Even Keatley wasn't ready for me or anything that followed. Chased by a police department led by his ex-girlfriend and hunted by brain-fork-wielding Fijian assassins, it's everything he can do to keep from getting locked up, killed, or worse. Kava Screw is available as an ebook for $2.99 at Amazon.com. Kava Screw. Put a brain fork in him. He's done. successfully navigated the sea of commerce and now are clear to cruise with the world of boating i do like the one the radio show devoted exclusively to the boating lifestyle the sun the sea air good friends brought to you by worldofboating.com your internet portal for the boating enthusiast call the police dial 911 it's the lobster squad Check the rhyme. Come on, everybody, it's lobster time. I'm Larry the lobster. I crawl around the sea. I'm Larry the lobster. Let's see what we can be. I'm Larry the lobster. I hope you have fun with me. With Larry the lobster, down in the deep blue sea. <laughs> yes, I had fun with him. I caught him, and then I ate him. I am Greg, your first mate. This is the World of Boating. The Florida spiny lobster season is open. We're going to talk about that. But before we get into the fun aspects of using your boat for a very cool activity like that, I want to give the floor to Mike the Mariner because uh, on a personal note for him, uh, you, you, you lost a good friend. And I know you wanted to just say a few words about him. I assume he was a fellow boater. Is that right, Mike? Yes, absolutely. Uh Thank you very much. Just a quick shout out to to Stuart Pursley, close friend of mine. Met him through boating. Um, we went on many boat trips together uh, with a couple of other boat families that uh, that we spent time with. Uh, spent a lot of time on the St. Johns River, Hontoon Island. Went up yeah. to Alaska for the Blue Blue Crab Festival many times. And, nice. And he passed on uh, this week after a struggle, and uh, just wanted to you know send some some prayers and. And bon voyage to to Stuart. Yeah, thank you. Well, no no problem, Mike. I mean, uh, our condolences to his his family and his friends. Like you, mm-hmm. I know it's tough when when you uh, lose someone close like that, especially when you share that love of boating and stuff. Mm-hmm. So uh, so we're thinking mm-hmm. of you and him and his family, and and we'll move on from there because uh, yeah. I'm sure that's what he'd want you to do. Just keep cruising, making the most. That's of right. It, right. All right. Absolutely. So. Uh, well- Florida lobster season was this week, and we got to talk about it because I had a ball. But neither uh, no, Barry, we don't. 
the boater, neither, uh, and I don't believe Patrick took advantage of it, but Mike the Mariner did. We don't, we don't, we don't yes. need to talk about this. Yeah, we do. We got to rub it. I told no, you I, was, I brought in lobster tails for everybody today, this, but because we why, have to be socially distanced, this, you can't have any, this, uh, but but virtually you will be able to share. This, this is why I wish you would take bounty. part in a pre-show meeting, because at no time did we talk about that we were going to talk about spiny lobster season. Doesn't matter. I'm pulling rank. <laughs> Whatever, Bobo. <laughs> How many did you get? Uh, I got my limit uh, each day on the radio, for sure. Oh, okay. Right. <laughs> so uh, cool. I was down in Fort Lauderdale, and uh, I did two days of diving because it's a two-day mm-hmm. sports season. You had Wednesday, Thursday to uh, basically you know, catch up to 12 lobster a day. And the keys, it's six a day. But yeah. I was there where you could get 12. And I went out on a big like trawler-type boat the first day with like... I don't know. We had about six, seven people on the boat, and it was very comfortable. It was kind of a, a rolly type of situation. We had some chop going on, and this boat was was mm-hmm. rolling because it has kind of a flat, soft bottom or something. So it didn't right. handle the seas as best as you would have liked necessarily, but we, we managed. It was fine, and we had a great little social outing, caught our lobster. But the mm-hmm. second day, I went out on about a 15-foot ridging hole inflatable. Uh, and, uh, and, and it was three divers and the captain. I mean, so we we're crammed in there like sardines. It was pretty small. It's like mm. Barry's boat, but it's inflatable about the same size as Barry's center console. Uh, and his, his boat is called the surprise. This little rigid hole inflatable, uh, the boat name was the little whore. <laughs> so and, moving and problem, on. Yeah. Yeah. The problem with a rigid inflatable boat is that you lose a lot of space with those tubes on the side, but. If you ride on it properly, you're supposed to sit on those tubes, and as he slows down, you're supposed to do a roll off the boat. Yeah, we uh, couldn't do that. You know, there was Navy a small little ridge style. on the side, and, and <laughs> he didn't want us to do that because our gear could have caught on it. So we got in uh, to the water and put our gear on that way. But it was still very comfortable. I'll tell you, the mm-hmm. the rigid hole inflatable uh, day was probably more comfortable just because you know we were tight and we couldn't move around on the boat. But as far as just taking the waves and stuff, it was actually m- way more comfortable than the uh, day before. And, How uh, far offshore were you? Uh, we weren't even. We could have swam from the beach. We stayed shallow oh, okay. in about twenty, fifteen, twenty feet of water. Uh, got yeah. our fill of lobster. We had a ball, and there were. I mean, I got to tell you, I've done Florida spiny lobster mini season for many years now, and uh, I did. I could not tell if there was any dip or increase in the number of boats. I don't know how if you mm-hmm. could have got any more boats that were out there, but it didn't look any different than any other year to me. But I had. Yeah, there heard, were a lot of. Official. There were a lot of boats off of uh, Key Largo. Yeah. Yeah. Well, in the Keys, they did have uh, a couple little roadblocks put up in front of the boaters in that some of the, the local ramps were closed, I hear, yes. to uh, traffic. All so the you, county ramps. Yeah. So you had yeah, to kind of the- work around that. But but I didn't see any effects mm-hmm. of uh, downside, you know, as far as limiting the numbers where I was. But where you were was in Key Largo, and it was just as busy yeah. as what you experienced, huh? Yes, yes, it was pretty, yeah, there there were a lot of boats on the water. We were uh, up near the uh, north end of the island, so, you know, like Cary's Fort, Reef, that area. And uh, you have to be three miles offshore there. um, Outside of the Marine Park or Mm -hmm. something? Right, exactly. So so we were about three and a half miles, four miles offshore. And you weren't diving, uh, were you, Mike, or were you snorkeling? What were you doing? 
I didn't put my tank on. My dad did because yeah. we did find one coral head that was in about 12 feet of water with a lot of lobster in it. Nice. And uh, so we he went down and worked it and got the lobster out, and the rest of us chased him and caught him. As there you they, go. As he flushed them out. So All right. Had a little right. team sport going on there. Well, that's the way to do it, for sure. So uh, it sounds like you had a good time, too, and you had a big lobster we feast, did. I assume. As I did, too. We like haven't said, eaten, we, we, you haven't we eaten haven't, them yet? We haven't eaten them yet. What? No, oh, my gosh. I, I, we ate the first catch on the first day that night. Had, yeah, know, that was their appetizer. Day. No, it wasn't well, an appetizer. We, were going to. we had surf and turf, man. We had a ton of yeah. lobster, and we got some steaks as well. And then yeah. the second day, loaded up some more and then brought brought them back. And, and like I said, I got them here for you guys today. Patrick, yeah. if in a five-day season, he might have limited out. Yeah. Pa- Patrick <laughs> is pounding his head against the wall. That's what I hear right now in, in disgust. <laughs> Our so. tradition is to have a, have a cookout the last day of vacation and eat some of the lobster. But uh, we actually had to leave early. We left a day early because of the storm that was approaching. Oh, that's so. true. Yeah. Had, yeah, so we we moved the boat back to Fort Pierce. And yeah, but we got Friday. in there before it, and and actually, yeah. you know, now lobster season is open. The regular season's open, and mm-hmm. that storm I hear actually helped. So oh, really, yeah. So the you know all the divers and snorkelers got in there for the two days, got their lobsters, and then before the uh, commercial lobstermen could set their traps, which is what they do, they do that after this little mm-hmm. sports season. They right. uh, we had the storm come through South Florida or through Florida. And uh, it kind of stirred them up and, and made the beginning of season uh, just real good, which opened, I believe, on Thursday of this week. August 6th. Yeah, which is Thursday. Mm-hmm. You're welcome, Barry. And welcome. Uh, so, you know, uh, there you go. I think it's going to be good. we got to get back in the water soon. What say you, Patrick? You ready to go? You like no. you like lobster? You a big lobster no. fan? You don't like no. eating them even? No. They're good no. for you. No. Drenched in butter. Look at this. Look at this lobster tail I'm eating right now. I'm do, I, do I look like somebody who eats stuff drenched in butter? Yeah, of course you do. No. <laughs> it's, it's what people do for lobster season. All right, more coming up on Whatever, the Bobo. Stay close. Who's Bobo? You're listening to the World of Boating Radio Network. This is the World of Boating. Greg, your first mate, Captain Patrick, Barry, the boater, and Mike the Mariner rounding out the crew right now. All right. So uh, I guess we've basked in the afterglow of catching my fill of Florida spiny lobster enough. We can move on to other boating news and information. Patrick, Wahoo. what say you? What do we got? Mm-hmm. Well, we had the, uh, the glorious return of the Dragon Space Capsule um, yes. in the Gulf of Mexico. Mm-hmm. That was uh, promptly approached by a bunch of clueless boaters. Well, no, uh, I, I heard the astronauts actually went over there and said hi to them. It's like, hey, guys, what's going on? Got no, pictures no, actually, they, 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 they did not. And, you know, when they were lo- when you launch off the coast here at, at off of uh, Kennedy Space Center, you know, there's an exclusion zone. So, I mean, they, they keep that area clear. Mm-hmm. And the coast guard had to go out and continue, continue to have to move these boaters out of the projected splashdown zone area. And then as soon as the capsule lands, they start coming in. Right. And they want to get a selfie. 
of them with the caps well, on well, the background. Well, of course, if, who if, we, if we are true, if we are truly at the era where you have to be told to stay clear of some a a a huge a, a manned spacecraft that is descending towards the Earth via parachute into the water, you should probably not be allowed to ever own a boat again. Hmm. <laughs> Stay I mean, clear of the area. Lives in, in danger by doing stupid stuff. Well, not yeah. not only that, they you know, when you watch when they bought the, the Dragon space capsule onto the recovery ship, they had to continue to purge um, all the hazardous gases from this. So you've got these boaters out there that are approaching this, and this space capsule is continuing to vent potentially lethal gases that could kill you. Well, that explains I mean, why want- Barry the boater is uh, connected via Zoom today because when he releases his his uh, particular gas <laughs> clears your sinuses. Oh my god. And it clears the entire room. It, it, it takes the pain off stuff. You know what I'm saying? But uh, You know, Greg, I, I I continue to try to elevate the bar uh, for this why? show. Why? Why bother? Why 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 do you continue Haven't you learned to anything? want to continue to lower it? Oh, oh that's that's what Bobo's supposed to do. All right. Good job, Bobo. We'll figure out what the hell these guys are talking about next on The World of Boating. You're listening to The World of Boating Radio Network. now had to shut down what why the guy playing the best friend that stand-up adam balin i think it's balin what about him he's dead what he fell off the back of a boat last night they just found his body oh my god what was he doing on a boat boating why little boat big leg little breeze this is the world of boating greg your first mate sometimes known as bobo according to captain patrick which i guess i'm gonna have to find out what the hell he's talking about he's talking gibberish as usual so uh, as opposed to sticking to the standard boating lingo we have to educate the uh, rest of the uh, crew and passengers of what reference uh, that you're making there, Patrick. So, so could you please clear it up for everyone? Uh, Bobo, Bobo obviously space. is a genius. I, I get that much, but why? Why? Uh, what are you B- saying? Bobo, Bobo was a space chimp that early days. Ah, the space chimp. program. The genius space had, chimp. Chimp. Okay. That, that only job was to press the colored buttons. Yeah. So that is your only job, and that's why <laughs> you are now called Bobo. All right. <laughs> Fair enough. We'll leave it at uh, leave it at that. Just press the button, Bobo. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, press the button, you'll get a snack. All right. Barry the boater, Mike the Mariner, with us as well. Uh, by the way, I'm sure this is on your list, Patrick. As far as uh, news, we got to cover those uh, cruise ships are starting to show up in scrapyards now. Did you see that story? We have that on. It has, boating, it has nothing to do with recreational boating. Only well, it affects you because you're the only person. You're the only person on the show that insists that going on a cruise ship indeed makes you a boater and it does not it makes you a passenger well okay regardless it, they are boats and if you saw one in a shipyard i think they would, are not boats take they a are double, ships you'd take a double take if you saw that thing uh dry docked out on uh, in a shipyard wouldn't you 
When you go, well, oh, that's, what the, heck? Heck? that's, that's the best time to overhaul them is in dry dock. No, they're scrapping them because they have no business, Barry. Pay attention. Okay. Mm. Yeah, so they like, the, car- the carnival fantasy is in the yard now, getting ready to be taken apart. Uh, and that's a big ass boat, right? How there. old is that ship? Uh, I don't know. Who cares? It's just big. <laughs> Who big, cares? Big old cruise ship, and they're scrapping Man. it because they have you know no business, and they got to do something. Sell the metal. All right, on, on, on the real news that affects boaters. Okay. Um, consider this the World of Boating public service announcement. And this uh, story was actually brought to our attention by one of uh, the World of Boating super fans, David Billia. And um, Billia. Yeah. yeah. So out in uh, Lake of the Ozarks uh, this past week, unfortunately, a boater was killed with his own anchor. And wow. In all my years in the business, and again, I've, I've, I've been in the, the actual marine industry since I was 18, I've never heard of anyone being killed by their, I've heard of people being injured, yeah. you know, uh, while retrieving or deploying anchors. I've never heard of anybody being killed by their own anchor on a recreational boat. And apparently, um, this particular gentleman uh, took off, you know, with his boat, you know, started up, put it in gear, hammers the throttle, anchor was still in the water. Uh-huh. And uh, the tension in the rope, so the anchor had grabbed hold, and he starts moving through the water, and you know, rope gets to a point where it's going to stretch, and something's going to give. And what gave was the anchor finally broke loose, shot We're out flying. of the water, wow, and hit him, and he died two hours later at the hospital. So, just consider wow. a public service announcement from your friends at the World of Boating. To make sure that your anchor, if you have an anchor and you're using it, uh, that it has been properly retrieved and secured before you take off in your boat. Because this is not the type of story we want to hear about, but it was important to bring up because um, we certainly don't want to have that happening to any of our listeners. We need all of them that we can get. So if you haven't already liked us on facebook be sure to Hmm. check us out on facebook and like us check out worldofboating.com tell your friends tell your neighbors tell your enemies more importantly about (laughs) us and um that brings us to probably this the subject that may take up the rest of the show barry's a boater how about him yeah barry and i barry and i had a discussion during the week yeah and he he brings up a really a great topic and barry does that often enough what and yeah, we don't we don't always get to talk about the things that that he brings up. Greg, there's so much going on behind the scenes with this show. Yeah. If you had any idea, you would definitely just um, shut up and give me a, a banana. Just, yeah, just, yeah, just push much. the button, Greg. Push yeah. the button. Yep. Okay. So, <laughs> what we want to talk about is when is it time to say goodbye to your boat? When you have to spend three thousand dollars on it, ah, evidently, no, that, that ain't it. Beginning, so, yeah. <laughs> Which for me would be every few months. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> the reason why we bring this up is, you know, Barry Barry's entertained the idea of selling surprise, right? Uh, which is his seventeen foot triumph, big mistake. Um, and he had somebody that was interested in it, and Barry, we all know if you've listened to the show. Uh, for any length of time, you know how fastidious Barry is when it comes to his boat, when it comes to his trailer. Um, did you he say he's stupidious? What, what do you say? Push the button, Bobo. Yeah, that you know he he is he he goes above and beyond. It's what I would hope 
you know, most boat owners would uh, strive to do with their vessel, with their trailer. Yeah. So Barry had this person that was interested in purchasing his boat. And it's almost like somebody coming that's coming to date your daughter and you sit them mm-hmm. down and you start, you know, you break out the questionnaire. And by the time Barry was done was like, no, and no. Yeah. yeah. You no. had the firearm sitting on your lap, the whole thing. And uh, no, it, it was just, um, this was a person who had never owned a boat. And I, I guess he was just in a, um, had nothing to do and noticed that people are buying boats left and right and wanted to be part of the action. Yeah. So you when asked started, him, okay, what do you plan to do with my girl? Well, no, it wasn't so much that. It was, you know, when you sell something, as far as I'm concerned, you know, whether you're a dealer or a person, you kind of marry that person a little bit, uh, especially if they. Wait, have, hold on, hold on. I'm starting to think Barry scared his buyer away. Uh, no, no. I actually said, I think I'm going to hold on to it. The buyer was going to pay me what I wanted for the boat, which, you know, a lot of you guys said was way overpriced. But he was the type of person, from what I was told, that if something happened a week later, he would be knocking on my door telling me uh, something wasn't right. I sold him something wrong. I could just feel that this was a bad situation. Really? Mm-hmm. Well, that's why you have a contract is uh, you're purchasing Con- the boat. Contracts are nice. Yes, contracts are nice, but it still doesn't stop someone from becoming a, a pain in the butt. Huh. Okay. It, he, what, he, what he needed is he need, if he wanted a boat that bad and he had absolutely no idea what he wanted, how to operate a boat. Well, he didn't rest. know what he wanted. He wanted your boat. No, he just wanted a boat. What he yeah. what he needed he needed to go to a dealer and he needed to buy a new boat that had a warranty. If he had any issues, he can go back to the dealer. Yeah. They would baby him for a little while. Right, that's what he needed to do. Yeah. Okay, let me just say for the record, Barry the boater, you are a terrible salesperson. Well, I'm honest. That's the problem. <laughs> My God, that's why I don't <laughs> well, sell be, things. Be, being honest is not a problem. Being honest is what you should be, especially when it comes to boating. And I've been accused of giving uh, potential buyers too much information but you know i get into the whole maintenance aspect of you know single engine versus twin and you add a generator and here's what you can expect on an annual basis for your maintenance costs just for those engines and for the generator which nobody ever talks about until it's a year later until it's a year later and you get hit with Mm. you know you're told that it's going to be twenty five hundred dollars mike of course would be trading in his boat um (laughs) Uh, he can spend up to three thousand each month. Maybe. It, it needs yeah. an oil change. I'm getting rid of this thing. Right. <laughs> well, I just got those fresh done. oil. <laughs> okay. It's um, just, well, let's well, see. You, you're uh, you are uh, attached to your boat as well, Barry. I well, mean, and that's no. why I don't think you really want to sell it. Otherwise, you would have sold it already because it's in great shape. You shouldn't sell it. It's a perfect size for you. Mm-hmm. You can, you can still manage it. You know, unless you get Why into a financial game, uh, because I have, jam. I haven't, I haven't been able to make time to use it, and uh, life has changed once again in this family. So mm-hmm. it's been keeping me busy. Well, um, I look, I don't necessarily, I wouldn't be happy if I sold it. On right. the other side, of the coin, if I got a uh, coin, you know, if if I got what I wanted for it, and I was selling to someone that I know understands boating, understands what's involved with it, as far as taking care of it. And and doesn't expect uh, this to be something like sign and drive and never have to worry about it. 
then then I would be more comfortable selling. Yeah, it to that maybe. Time. I don't know. I think it's a family member kind of thing. It's I don't think I would like even pet. sell it to Greg because I think he would kill it. Would you get Greg, back into Greg? Burning? Greg would sell. Greg would sell his kids for a new microphone. So <laughs> that's true. <laughs> yeah. Duh. Hey, you don't see any of them here, do you? If you sold no. it, yeah. Would I get back into? Well, I still yeah. want to get back into diving. And you need a you boat, know. Perry. So don't sell it. Uh, so I can dive off of it. Okay, look, problem solved. More coming up on the world of boating. You're listening to the World of Boating Radio Network. Do you have a message or product you need to share with the boating world? Well, look no further than the World of Boating Radio Show. Just like you, thousands of boating enthusiasts are hearing this message. And we could be talking about you and your product or service as early as next Saturday. Remember, a terrible thing happens when you don't advertise. Nothing. Go to worldofboating.com, send us an email, and let's get to work to make your marketing message matter. Traffic sucks, unless you're scuba diving with Mike Scott. Mike glanced down at his dive computer. It showed less than 50 PSI left in his tank. Probably just a few more breaths. Or riding shotgun in a thrilling car chase. One bullet hit the Jeep's windshield, spiderwebbing the passenger side. Mike shifted into second gear and felt the Jeep leap forward. This just got serious. Escape your commute with audiobooks from author Eric Douglas. Download to your phone. Go to booksbyeric.com or audible.com. Hosting a radio show about scuba diving and boating is one of the best gigs on the planet. It's actually part of my job to check out and report on cool new products I personally use to enhance my diving and boating adventures. However, I do believe in sharing the joy, and this is why we've added Nanook protective hard cases to our list of products you can now purchase on the merchandise page at scubaradio.com. Nanook cases are designed to protect the most sensitive equipment in the harshest environments. Underwater photographers listen up from their high-impact NK seven resin to their exclusive power claw latches nanook has raised the bar for those of you that demand the best protection for your gear plus nanook protective cases cost less than similar products currently on the market the company has been around for over 15 years but it's new to the u.s so we've made a small number of nano cases available exclusively for you at a special introductory price on the merchandise page at scubaradio.com go there now and check out nanook the evolution of protection successfully navigated the sea of commerce and now are clear to cruise with the world of boating i do like the one the radio show devoted exclusively to the boating lifestyle the sun the sea air good friends brought to you by worldofboating.com your internet portal for the boating enthusiast ariel you're under a lot of pressure down here scuba diver in the you 
This is the World of Boating. Greg, your first mate. That is me, along with Captain Patrick Barry, the boater. Mike the Mariner, who, if you're watching us on Facebook Live today, you can see is joined by Golem from the Lord of the Rings sh- uh, movies. <laughs> I mean, it's pretty freaky, but uh, it's just one of the benefits yeah. or the things we got to apologize for if you choose to actually <laughs> look it's and horrifying. see what we look like here at the World of Boating yeah. Radio Show. All right, so... I- uh, what else do we got to cover here, Patrick? So we I'll we'll go back today. to uh, Barry and his boat and yeah. uh, talk a little bit about what happened. So, you know, I Barry, thought we solved you, the problem. He's keeping his boat. What the heck? No, we're just discussing the reasons why I didn't do what I thought I was going to do. Okay. I thought we. But I think we've talk. all decided he's going to keep it. Though, right. right, he's going to keep it. He's keeping it. It's a yeah. family for, member. For the, he doesn't want to uh, let go as he shouldn't. And we're just trying to well, no, I, talk sense to him. I, I think what we need to do as a group uh, mm-hmm. for this last segment is actually help Barry develop a questionnaire for potential boaters. Ah, okay. A so, form of therapy, maybe. So, no. Uh, so what kind of well, questions, what kind of questions, Mike, if you were selling your boat, uh, because, you know, you, it's time for an oil change. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> time for an oil change. I just had so, those done this week, actually. So, so um, what 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 would be the first question you would ask a potential buyer? Or would you even care? So, would you just be like, you got the money? Yeah, duh. Uh, probably. Uh, you know, hey, what's your boating background? Tell me right. about your experience. What kind of boats have you had? Right. What do you, what, how, how do you like to boat, you know? Well, w- w- um, but would you like tap your fingers on the desk, have a firearm in your lap, and say, "Okay, what are my uh, what are your intentions with my girl over the next six <laughs> months?" You know, and just well, kind of put I them mean, on the spot like that. You think or no? Well, pe- no, no. But people buy different boats for different things, and mm-hmm. I mean, I, I, I bought the boat, the kind of boat I have because of the way we like to boat. Um, and you know, Barry, you know. Has a has a boat that's perfect for him. I mean, here's the litmus test: if you love your boat and it works well, and you sell it with plans to buy another boat just like it, then don't sell your boat. Good point. Now, well, here, this is this is this is Barry's litmus test. Yeah. Will it fit in my garage? Right. Unfortunately, yes. That is the first test. Problem solved. <laughs> yeah, He's keeping uh, his boat. That's well, all you no, need to so know. I mean, yeah. You know, I think I think I think Mike has a legitimate first question. You know, what is your boat? Have you ever had a boat this size? What is your boating background? Mm-hmm. Can you point to the bow? Can do you do you know the difference <laughs> between bow and stern, port and starboard? Because if they say no, you're probably sending them on down the road. If they say, well, there's the pointy end and there's the butt. If they mm-hmm. refer to it as the pointy end and the butt, uh, then they know they're sell it to Greg. Them? You're the, not the really Greg. Well, again, the the problem is is that if you sell it to an uninformed person, yeah, and even though you have a contract and everything may be legally binding, mm-hmm. you could still have a lot of hassles from that person. The question becomes, is it worth it, or would you want to leave that to a dealer to deal with those types of people? Hey, Barry, here here's the second question: yes. What's your profession? Because if you are a doctor, if you are a lawyer, if you are an engineer. <laughs> You cannot buy this boat. What? <laughs> These are lies. Hey, that's profiling. Yeah, exactly. How dare no, you? No, <laughs> no, it's not profiling. It's it's based on uh, working through in the business for through five decades. Hmm. Well, well, I think. The, it, I mean, look. If they got the credit and they got the cash, take it and stick it up your keister for all I care. I don't. You know, you bought it as is, buddy, and just be up front no, with them I'll at the beginning. You, that that that. 
that has the only way Barry could do it is if he met him in the parking lot of a Walmart <laughs> in a disguise, uh, mm. and you know, to, had rented a vehicle to tote with. So any 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 license plate information that's taken down doesn't right. get traced back to him. Right. And it would have to be it would have to be a total yeah. Yeah. It'd have to be a CIA type black book operation to get this boat sold to where the guy doesn't come back to you because yeah, you know, this boat you sold me eight months ago, mm-hmm. um, the prop mm-hmm. fell off. No, it's, uh, yeah. here, here's your solution, Barry. You sell your boat. Well, I don't want you to do that. But if you were doing just, just say, okay, here's the keys. Uh, you gave me the money. We're good to go. My name, remember, is uh, Captain Patrick. Greg Holt. Yeah. <laughs> And Bobo. Uh, happy Bobo sailing. Holt. That's right. Yeah. Bobo. <laughs> well, I, I sold my last boat to an experienced boater, but he did not have the kind of boat that I had. He had a uh, a center, a small center console. And the boat I had before, you know, was similar to the one I have now. Mm-hmm. And um, I did keep in touch with him and he did run into problems. One of the biggest problems was he lives on a canal in uh, the Tampa Bay area. And when he got the boat there, the boat was too wide for the canal. He could not he could <laughs> no, not park seriously. the boat behind his house. <laughs> it was that skinny a canal? Wow. Well, so no, the canal was wider than the boat, but when he docked the boat at his dock, it encroached too far into the canal. Other boats couldn't get by. Hmm. So he had to turn around and, and leave that night and go to a marina that was Well, there you go. Away. The moral of the Brenna story Swift. or all, all of these stories is just don't sell your boat and keep what you got. <laughs> Unless uh, you can find some sucker to buy it that uh, doesn't know your name. All right. All right. So on that, as Greg suckers. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, we'll wrap it up for this week till uh, next time. Remember, it's always uh, unless you whether it's sail or motor. <laughs> Come on, life is better. It's better <laughs> as a motor. There you go. Safe boating, everyone. <laughs> but- World of Boating is brought to you by worldofboating.com, your internet portal for the boating enthusiast. Any of this getting through to you, son? World of Boating is a production of Overboard Entertainment Incorporated. Computer standing by. Remember, you can listen live or to archives of past shows worldwide over the internet at (gasps) worldofboating.com. Computers can do that? So tell a friend and come aboard every week for the World of Boating. This is so great. I can't wait. I'm getting goosebumps. Feel me. Feel me. The radio show devoted exclusively to the boating lifestyle. TTFN, ta-ta for now. The opinions you just heard on the world of boating are those of the hosts, callers, and guests. They are not necessarily those of any station or network, its management, or advertisers. What are you being such a weenie for? While on the water, your safety and the safety of many others depends on you. So boat smart and operate your vessel only after receiving the proper training and instruction for your area. There is a fine line between genius and madness. Have any questions or comments? Feel free to do so via the web at worldofboating.com.